The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. This is Marcus Aurelius Meditations, Book 2, Paragraph 3. The work of God is full of providence. The work of fortune is not divorced from nature or the spinning and winding of the threads ordained by providence. All flows from that other world. And there is, besides, necessity and the well-being of the whole universe of which you are a part. Now to every part of nature, that is good which the nature of the whole brings and which preserves that nature. And the universe is preserved as much by the changes of the compound bodies as by the changes of the elements which compose those bodies. Let this be sufficient for you. Let these continually be your doctrines. But put away your thirst for books so that you may not die murmuring, but truly reconciled and grateful from your heart to God. So this I found to be extremely difficult, um, so much so that I was prepared to skip it. Uh, but then I talked it over with Jake Adler and we worked out an approach. So it's not perfect, but this is, this is what we came up with. Uh, um, so the first half is really trying to reframe our view of, of the good and what our place is in the universe. And, and uh, so his point is that the universe is governed by, by, by providence, by God, um, and that uh, everything is designed to work towards a harmonious whole. Um, and you are a part of that whole. You, you exist within that system. Um, that's, uh, you know, reminiscent of the framework that the, the concluding pasuk of chapter um, the, of the first chapter of Rashi's brings to mind of Yarlokim es kol asher asav tov ma'od. Um, so, you know, in Breshis, it talks about, you know, at, at, at the various steps, then Hashem says, um, you know, it says, Elohim kitov, that God saw that it is good. And at the end, it says God saw everything that he, he had made, and behold, it was very good. Um, so, um, the, my understanding of the very good, I forgot where I first learned this, is, you know, each particular aspect of creation is good insofar as it was designed uh to you know suited for its purpose um you know in line with its design but then there's a a a tov ma'od a very good that emerges from the universe as a whole where all of the individual parts function together um in a harmonious way that that has continuity that that lasts beyond um you know that you know that is uh yeah that has continuity i guess um well i guess technically that's uh that's that's what shabbos brings but anyway um that's that framework is really what Marcus really seems to be bringing up. That you you are living in a universe that functions under the providence of God in a harmonious way, and even the things that change, you know, in the universe, the coming to be and passing away, and the corruption and the decay, uh, the entropy, um, all of that is part of the good of that universe. Um, uh, for those who are familiar with the Rambam's explanation of the mashal of the Satan and the Bnei Elohim in Eov, that's that's that same framework there. So that's the first part of Marcus Aurelius. Um, this, but then what we had a hard time with was this, how does that relate to the second part? He says, let this be sufficient for you. These continually be your doctrines. Uh, put away your thirst for books so that you may not die murmuring, but truly reconciled and grateful to your heart, uh, from your heart to God. So he, he, this is the second negative statement he's made about books, but here he's being more specific than last time. He says, he implies that if you give into this thirst for books, so then you will die murmuring and not reconciled or grateful to God. So the question is how, what is this draw to, to books which which prevents you from being grateful to God and causes you to die murmuring? And what does that have to do with the previous 
half of the paragraph. So what we think is like this is that um, what Jake and I thought is like this is that um, you know the goal of your learning should be uh, should be a DSSM, right? Is to know God and to know Him via His creations, you know, through the uh, through study of Torah and study of the universe, uh, and that should have the effect of making you recognize that Tov Ma'od in Breshis and recognizing your place in that and that you're a recipient of all that, the, of the beneficence of, of Hashem, you know, as we've been talking about in my series on Brachos. Um, but if your learning is such that it it pulls you away from that recognition and causes you to uh, to neglect it or to um, to not appreciate it, you know, if it overshadows it and, or causes you to view yourself in a manner that is more uh, more prominent than your actual place in the universe is, so then that's bad and will result in a lack of gratitude and a lack of appreciation of the good. Um, and so that's really what he's warning against. He's saying when you learn, don't learn, don't be attached to books in a way, don't thirst after books in a way that draws you away from appreciating the Tov in uh, of the Bria from the Borei Olam, um, but instead learn in a way that 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 uh, that facilitates your that appreciation. Uh, I want to uh, conclude with a quotation from Einstein that I had in um, in my classroom in Shalhavit. Uh, he says, "It is the aim uh, of science to establish general rules, which determine the reciprocal connection of objects and events in time and place." It is mainly a program, and faith in the possibility of its accomplishment in, in principle is only founded on partial successes. Okay, that's not the important part, but here we go. But hardly anyone could be found who would deny these partial successes and ascribe them to human self-deception. But whoever has undergone the intense experience of successful advances made in this domain is moved by profound reverence for the rationality made manifest in existence. By way of the understanding, he achieves a far-reaching emancipation from the shackles of personal hopes and desires, and thereby attains that humble attitude of mind toward the grandeur of reason incarnate in existence, and which, in its profoundest depths, is inaccessible to man. This attitude, however, appears to me to be religious in the highest sense of the word. So, again, Einstein was a deist. He was not, uh, you know, he didn't hold by Hashgacha. Um, but that sense that he captures there of appreciating the Chachmas Hashem in the universe and that being a liberating force that frees you from the shackles of your own personal uh, hopes and desires, which prevent you from 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 having gratitude and Hakar Satov, uh, for the place that you've been given in this universe, um, you know that's I think what Marcus Aurelius is warning again. Uh, you know that that's what Marcus Aurelius is talking about. That's he's encouraging us to have that reverence and that what Einstein calls that religious feeling um, uh, that stems from from uh, uh, from this contemplation um, and uh, and warning us, uh, us against any learning which doesn't do that.